we've been pretty good on this thing. Okay, uh, I look at stuff on a long term. I'll try to introduce myself. I'm uh, Jim, the option professor. I've been doing this for decades and I've uh, done seminar for thousands of people and I've traded thousands of options and millions of dollars in stock. So at the end of the day, I'm going to share with you my opinions. And basically, that's all I'm doing is sharing my opinions. I'm not giving it out any advice. That's for you and your broker who knows all about you, and I don't know all about you. Okay, uh, so again, I'm going to share with you my expertise on this stuff, and uh, let's start in. Uh, with regards to uh, the S&P, uh, we have been feeling that we're at a very big juncture. So what I've been saying in my updates is if we break under 4175 and 4225, uh, you know, this thing could go down uh, very, very badly. So again, uh, if you start seeing it uh, breaking under that neighborhood, the odds of possibly a hard landing is going to increase very dramatically. Uh, hard landing, really, the hints are all around us. 28-year uh, low in uh, real estate sales, 8% on the mortgages, um, you know, P ratios up in the 20s, uh, some uh, good earnings and bad price action on the stocks. Um, again, my theme that I've been telling people is, you know, high interest rates is gravity for asset prices. Now that doesn't have to happen overnight, but, uh, you know, things that don't make sense don't really last and, uh, 8% mortgages and, and real estate going up doesn't really sound like it makes sense. And the credit card stuff's, uh, getting nutty. You know, people are living this fast life that costs so much, uh, to do, right? I mean, you go out to eat, it's 200 bucks. You go out and get a pretzel, like, uh, Cooperman was saying, and it's 15 bucks for a pretzel or, you know, how long is that going to keep going? So uh, the way it keeps going is people use their credit cards and Discover told you today that they're not paying on their credit cards. So their loss reserves are really big. So the bottom line is, is uh, we've been very good at this because we play for the rallies, but we don't get married to them. And we also were looking for reversion to the mean, which we exactly saw there. And uh, we do use our shorter term charts to give us signals, but this is the big picture. And the reason these averages are so good, I think, is because they speak for themselves. Uh, this is a long-term graph, and it told you to stay in the stock market all the way, all the way, and the red line turns down at 4,400. Now it's back on the upside. So I'm not bearish right here. If it holds this neighborhood, it could surprise everybody on the upside. But like Morgan Stanley, it can break down underneath this pretty easily. And with the 10-year going over 5%, you know, that would be the recipe to possibly break the dam. And uh, I don't know how you feel about Jerome Powell, but he looks like he's got a faraway look in his eye. And the money supply is starting to go up. Money supply growth was plus 26% in 2021. And then they brought it, and that's how you got inflation. And that's how you got 4,800 on the S&P. You know, zero interest rates and printing money. Now, totally different story. Money supply collapsed to April's low of minus 4.84%, and now it's on the up round. So these guys may be getting planning on easing money and credit on any problem. And that's why the gold's getting ready to go maybe through a crazy number if that's the plan they have. But, you know, they said they were going to bring inflation down to 2%. They say there was going to be some pain involved. But uh, other than if you own ba bad, lousy stocks, there hasn't been that much pain because people are still working and they're out there spending. Look at the retail sales report. All right. So that was my four minutes to tell you that... Uh, don't get too bearish right here because this is the support zone. So monitor it and see if it'll hold. But if it does break the dam here, you know, be prepared for what could be a precipitous drop uh, to a much lower level and a hard landing and a recession possibility. Right now, it's holding. But I'm telling you, you know, if storm clouds are right around your corner, you should at least get a raincoat handy, right? Okay, uh, so let's go find out what you guys have for stocks. And that's what we're supposed to be doing here. So let's do what we we're supposed to be doing here. Um, all right. Uh, do you actually trade options on the ES? Of course. Uh, but I actually like doing individual stocks because uh, the index options seem to be very heavy, whereas the individual stock options seem to be much more reasonable. Uh, give you an idea. If you try to do options on XOP or XLE or um, OIH, those options are going to be huge. But when I thought uh, um, uh, Exxon was topping at 120, my evidence uh, was telling me to get on the put side once it broke under 118 and it went all the way down to 105, those options were peanuts and they went to cashews. You know, sometimes these options on the, uh, on the indexes are um, excessively high. So, you know, that's just my personal feeling. I like to risk a little and make a lot. You know, so the bottom line is, is that when the premiums are lower and if you can still catch good volatility, you know, I like the risk reward on the individual stock sometimes better. 
Um, but obviously, you know, I've been doing this for 40 years and I've traded thousands and thousands of contracts. So I certainly have traded S&P options before. In fact, I used to trade uh, the S&P index option on spreads and move about 2000 contracts at a time. So I would say, yes, I have traded the S&P before. Okay. Um, if you have any other questions on S&P, just put them on up there. Now let's talk about uh, U.S. Steel, which has one, been one of my favorites. And I, I got in there in the 20s. I'll show you why. So you put up the U.S. Steel here. And um, well, before we just let me just finish my thought on the S&P, because, you know, the S&P tanks, the whole thing's going down. You know, it's not like uh, Russell's going up if the S&P goes in the toilet. So let's get some numbers here for you to hang your hat on. OK. And again, I'm not bearish down in this neighborhood because I showed you 20, uh, 4235 area is a very important zone. And underneath that is 4175, 4180. So, you know, it could very well be scaring everybody out before it turns around. But, you know, you don't catch falling knives. And the last couple of days is definitely falling knives. So where where's your support here? You know, you want this baby to hold the uh, uh, 4289. It's at 4293. So you're right there. You want it to hold right in this neighborhood. On the one year, uh, you'd like to, again... Uh, it's under the purple line. That's not a good thing. And the red line is turning over. That's not a good thing. The blue line's pointing down as well. Green line's pointing straight down. So it's not a great setup. Uh, but that doesn't mean it can't stop and start going back up. But you know, you want this thing back above 4356, uh, 4360, and then you definitely want it above 4397, and then you want it above 4412. Uh, if you can get all those things to happen, great. But I'll tell you something about RSI. Once it breaks 40, you can accelerate to the downside sometimes. And if you notice from yesterday, uh, Wednesday, RSI was at 43, and now we broke 40. And can you see it's starting to accelerate to the downside? So I very much have my own opinions on how you play with RSI and moving averages. And at the end of the broadcast, I'll explain how you can get a hold of me and we can share that information. But anyway, there is some, uh, there is some risk of it really accelerating now to the downside because that RSI did break 40. And so, you know, this is a, this is a dangerous neighborhood. Uh, it could be the support zone that holds down in this neighborhood, right? Okay, and it could just scare people out and then go right back up. But, uh, you know, you're going to probably have some, uh, you're probably going to have some, uh, and the VIX went above 20 and closed at 21. So, you know, if you're going to have a scary time, you know, you're, you're staring in the face. And then the guys in Washington are playing uh, spitball or whatever they do down there. All right, let's talk about um, X, which is not the old... Uh, Thing. Okay, so anyway, uh, starting out with the 20 year, here's how I saw it. You see, that's a rounding bottom, right? Rounding bottom. And you can see it's holding the blue line. Very nice, very nice. So I'm buying against that blue line. Then it gets above the red line. And then the red line's pointing up. So this thing was a buy anywhere in the 22 area to the 24 area. And when it goes to 32 on the buyout offer for uh, Cleveland Cliffs, you know, you're making good hay there. Now, this is an infrastructure play, too. If it gets above 40, there's a lot of uh, accelerations to the upside that could happen. But again, it is having a hard time getting above 60 on RSI. And my experience is if it can't get above 60, it's hit a top. If it gets through 60, it could accelerate to the upside. So me, I would probably like to see this thing make some new highs and then jump on a train that's running because this train may have hit its station already. Because again, that RSI is still having a hard time getting through 60. Let's look at the five year here. Okay, you got a big gap there. And let's see if you have a divergence. You got 64 there and you got 63 there. Not much of one, but a little bit of one. So you got a tiny divergence and you got an RSI, you got the moving average at 30 and you got a gap to fill. So, you know, this thing starts uh, breaking. Let's see what the one year is telling us. Yeah, you got a high point here of 74, a high point here of 65. That's a divergence. This thing looks like it's coming down. And the bottom line is we know there's a gap. So you got an attractor there as well. And of course, uh, you know, uh, the way things are looking out there in the world being so wild, uh, you know, and again, we're, you know, when this October timeframe, you know, people say, well, October is normally a good month. Well, you know, there was one month in 87. It wasn't such a good month. And uh, I happen to remember that vividly. So, uh, you know, um, I wouldn't uh, hold my hat on that 100%. I think after next week, uh, you'll have a better idea once these tech firms announce. Uh, so U.S. Steel, um, like I say, uh, to me, it has a divergence, and that's why it's pulled back from 34 to 32. And if it breaks 32, then you got the gap here, you got the air pocket, and maybe it'll do its homework down here. If the whole market tanks, obviously, this thing's going to be in trouble. Uh, again, uh, right now, it is holding the support. Where's that at? It's at 31.89. So it's right there. And your RSI is at around 48. You don't want this thing going well into the 50, uh, going well into the 40s. So if it breaks there, you're going to have RSI into the 40s. 
If it goes into the 40s RSI and then breaks uh, 40 and goes into the 30s, then you can accelerate to the downside and get a full completion of filling that gap. Okay. All right. Uh, so there's your story on the lovely U.S. Steel. Uh, now you've got UVXY. UVXY. What would I do here, in my opinion? And, you know, I'm not a big fan of this stuff, and here's why I'm not. You know, I wasn't a big fan on you know opening a wallet with Bitcoin in it because you know what? If you ask straight questions and you get crooked answers, you probably want to get out of there, right? So when I ask uh, exactly how do they figure this thing, exactly how they do the pricing, and da da da, I get a lot of crooked answers. Not for the people who run it, but people who don't know anything about it, I guess. Now, the purple line has been telling you this thing is in trouble for a long time. So any buying you're doing, you're buying against a major uh, major flow going down. Can you have a reversion to the mean like you did in March? Of course you could. Is it trying to do that now? Maybe. Uh, again, this is two times for a short future, so obviously it's doing better lately. And if we do break the dam at 4175, uh, you're going to hit a home run. You'll probably go up and test that purple line, which is where? 24. So you probably got a $5 move on this thing if we break 41.75. Okay. So you're going you're gonna to live and die by the sword with this thing. It's either going to hold 41.75 uh, and 42.35 and go back up because everyone's getting very negative right now. The VIX is getting high or the VIX is going to blow out to 30 and this thing's going to blow to 24. So it's going to be a feast or famine deal. And you should have already been in it, I guess, because if I look at the monthly, you know, I got the buy signal down here at 1550. So why you'd be buying it at 19 means you're, uh, you know, the guy who comes to the party, uh, you know, after five hours of the party. You know what I mean? So where you get in is very important. Great place to get in, 15. Great place to get back in at, um, at uh, 1650. You see how they violate the line, but it never points down? That's called a scam. And that's why you use limited risk options. So you can grit, grit your teeth. So you have limited risk. And when they try to ruin the trend, but they can't, you don't have margin calls or forced liquidation. That's why I like the limited risk option. Okay, uh, RBLX. Well, you, you know, I heard Harry talk about it. And I hate to violate anything that Harry said because I have a lot of respect for Harry. Um, and so let's see what I say and see, match it up to what Harry said. Probably somewhat near, uh, nearby because, you know, he didn't like to fight the tape any more than I do. All right, so if you go to the 20-year graph, you're not going to find much information because it's a new company. You go to the five-year graph, you're still not going to get too much on it because it's a new company. So now you go to the one-year graph, and here's what you got. Okay, the purple line has been telling you that the party's over since when? Since 40. So that's like, a, I don't know if it's uh, like an Okeechobee cloud or whatever they call it, but to me, it's called uh, ominous, ominous. Now, uh, down here, you had 24. Down here, you had 43. So there you got your buy signal. Jumps above 40, uh, jumps above the red line, which means 27. And so you're long this thing at 27, and you're still long, right? Uh, it tried to turn things down a little bit, but I don't want this thing under for uh, $30.68. That would not make me happy. If it does that, you could go back to the mean, and the mean's down here at what? 28, 29 bucks. Call it 29 bucks. And of course, uh, right now you've got a high point there and you got a high point there and you got a divergence. So that's not good. Let's look at the monthly. And then you got a high point here and you got a high point there. And that's not that great. So again, you know, you hang in there, but you, you're, you're using that uh, 30 and change area that I talked to you about. And clearly if it starts breaking under the uh, uh, 33 to 30, 50 area and you get that red line pointing down and then if it ever gets under the purple, then it's probably game, set, match. So again, um, you know, when should you have bought it? When it started turning up, uh, you know, in the last month, uh, down at 26, 25, 26. Uh, you want to get in here now? Well, you're only getting in at the highest price it's been at. Good luck to you. Could work out. Not my cup of tea. I like to get in when it's low and turning up. Or maybe if it has a correction like this and then get in there at 30, 50 or something like that. But even then, I don't like something that's going up. Uh, you know, I'd rather find something that is in, you know, the uh, initial stages. Uh, but again, the purple lines underneath it, that's a positive. It's trading above um, uh, red and green, that's a positive. Red's turning up, that's not bad. It would be nice if it got above red and green, because if this thing starts tanking under 3050, then green will be pointing down, and blue will be pointing down, and red will be pointing down. And then if it takes 2950 out, then you got, you're in the soup. You're back in the soup. So again, you know, not the greatest time in the world to get into it, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, there's no evidence that it is over yet. And so until you have evidence of it turning over, uh, I would say that, uh, you know, you got some evidence that it could be running out of steam, no doubt about it. You got a purple line there that uh, probably doesn't want it to get past it. 
And you got the, you know, you got some possibility of it pulling back. But in my view, not a great place to make a decision. So, you know, uh, here's where you should make your decision. Remember I told you 25, 50, 26. This is where you make your decisions. And you'll make your decision when that red line points down or it starts hitting purple. That's where I make decisions. When it's a high probability area. That's how I think. Okay, because I'm not interested in losing money, you know, and I don't have to trade. So if you have those two things on your mind, you're a pretty patient guy. And since you know there's 3,000 stocks out there, I don't have to trade Roblox, do I? Okay, let's turn to gold. Now, we've been very good with gold, and I'm going to start out with the price of gold. And I'll tell you what we have seen in gold. And I'd like to do an assessment of it now, too, because it's either getting ready to blow through 2100 bucks or it's uh, giving everybody in on another Fugazi, which means fraud, rally. So let's talk about it here. Why was I never thinking gold was going to follow through? Because our first high up here had an RSI of 83. Then we had another high in the RSI 60. And then remember I told you if you can't get through 60, it's not going to 70, which means it's probably a high point. Here you go 59. Can't get through 60, probably a high point, right? And you got reversion to the mean both times. Now you have a little bit of a down flag, right? And it could be a big up pole coming. And the red line's pointing up, which is very nice. And we came back to the mean. Don't forget, when we're up here, the mean's down here. Reversion to the mean, reversion to the mean. So again, I was all over this thing at 1835, 1840, because why are the, that's where the moving averages were, right? And they were all rising. So it looks great, right? So that's the neighborhood you should have been taking your action on gold, not at 1990. But if you find yourself wondering where it's going from now, obviously on this graph, it tells you very clearly, as long as it's, and I told people this once it broke out uh, last week, you want to hold 1903. That's a rising moving average. So now it's 1907, okay? Now let's go over to uh, the five year. And again, there's a breakout point there and uh, there's all your support uh, on the short term. Remember I said we wanted above 1905, 1907. Now you got some 1910 numbers there and uh, you got 1933 and 1935. Um, the uh, recent lows, I think uh, probably are in that 1900 area like I talked about right there. Now again, the red's not pointing up. So if this baby starts getting underneath 1907, it could go right back into the soup. So that's why this neighborhood is very important. You know, these lines are not turning way up right now. So that's why, but again, the purple is rising. It got tested and held. This is the neighborhood you want to be buying at, okay? You want to buy after the fact. It's going to be a riskier deal, right? Okay, so now on the one year, again, you know, this thing turned up, but look, all those averages are still not inverted to the upside. And so that makes me concerned that this thing, you know, could maybe have some problem. Now, the, uh, the, uh, the um, RS, uh, RSI here got through 60, and so that's why you had a nice little $40 jump, and it may continue. It's uh, up today, uh, tonight at 1998. But uh, again, uh, let's just see if we can see if there's any kind of, uh, where's the RSI now on this baby? 56. You see, it's still not breaking above 60 yet, okay? That's why I say, if it breaks above 60 on the long-term graph, longer-term graphs, then this thing could really go. What about on the 20-year? Where's the RSI? 57, you see? It's going into that 60 number. Where did it peak last time? 60.59. Where did it peak last time? 60.59. Where is it trading now? 57. So, you know, it may, may have trouble keep going because that, that 5% and better on the 10-year is an attractor. You know, golden penny interest. And, uh, you know, the dollar uh, has not collapsed, I don't believe. We can look at that. But, um, again, I trusted where, where I, I got bullish was 18.35. I trust it down there. I'm not so trustful up here. I guess that is that a good way of putting it? And so I would say, uh, you know, like I say, if you're in there, you've got your lines in the, the sands. Uh, if you go to the monthly graph, what's the minimum line in the sand? Let's see how we're doing here. RSI 88, RSI 78, RSI 80. Hard to say. Still strong, still strong. But again, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit extended on that. But uh, again, uh, certainly wouldn't short it up here, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're, you know, extended from the mean, right? Extended from the mean, always a risk of what? Reverting to the mean, reverting to the mean. So the mean could be 1970 or 1965 or 1955. So on the short term, those are your, uh, those are your lines in the sand if it does pull back. Okay. Again, like I say, uh, you know, I own some stuff in this stuff that I never sell. The reason I never sell is because like I say, there is a, a possibility that things got hairy at some time. And of course, with all the debt out there and the paper currency in all these countries and Argentina might be ditching the peso and going to the dollar. I mean, and the yen, I mean, come on, you know, they print their own money by their own securities. How long can that game go on, right? The yen's I think hitting an all time low or near it. Okay, so uh, again, looks good. And uh, hopefully it'll keep going if you're in it. Uh, Mer uh, okay, this is Moderna. 
And a lot of these drug companies have had trouble. I mean, uh, 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 Bristol Myers Squibb and uh, Pfizer can't get out of their own way. So let's uh, put, uh, I think this is Moderna, as I recall. And it's a wild ride on Moderna. So you got to have a seatbelt, right? Okay, so go to the 20-year graph. I don't think it's been around that long. No, so let's go to the five-year graph. And, uh, you know, things in big trouble. Yeah, the, I mean, this is a sector, you know, these drug companies, you know, um, are having trouble, except Lilly, who obviously people think has uh, found uh, found a youth. You know, you take this bill, you don't drink anymore. You take this bill, you look like Jack LaLanne, anybody who's old enough to know who he is, you know. Uh, and then, of course, and maybe in two months, they start talking about side effects where your ears fall off. Who knows? So the bottom line, uh, the news on, no, on, on Novo and this on uh, Lily are great, but these other guys are having a rough racket. All right, so let's see how rough it is. Um, on the five-year graph, you got 31, and now you got 30. So, you know, maybe it's trying to slow down. On the one-year graph, uh, it's into the abyss. What I tell you about if it gets under 40 on RSI? You see, you're at, you're at 40, you're at uh, 46. Then you go into the 30s, and look what happens, okay? Um, all right, so anyway, uh, you're, you're, you're oversold down here. Uh, you got 29 there and you got uh, 23 there, but you got no divergence to hang your hat on. So if you like to stick your head into a buzzsaw and, and or you like to, you know, just uh, stand in front of a freight train and hope it stops, you know, that's what you're doing here. Uh, go to the monthly graph. Where would I even, uh, again, you know, what's to say? The only thing I can say about this is it's set up for reversion to the mean. That's all the, the one positive thing I can say, but there's no evidence that that has happened yet. All there is, is uh, just lower lows, lower lows, lower lows. So watch it trade a little bit and see if some of these red lines will start turning up a little bit and may, and see if these relative strengths start showing that the thing's tapped out because it's not showing that to me now. Again, where would I be doing my business on this thing? I'd be doing the shorting business. Up in, I'd be doing my put business up at 102. You know, not down here hoping against hope. Okay, uh, Dow, uh, Dow, D-A-L. All right, well, they're in trouble lately, I think. Yeah, they're in the toilet. Okay, so let's go. They've been around for a while. Let's see if they're in the big toilet or little toilet. Yeah, it looks like the big toilet a little bit. Uh, I don't know why they only go back five years, probably because they went bankrupt and changed their uh, structure and some other financial mumbo jumbo. In fact, I think I knew a Delta pilot who got stiffed on his, uh, on his retirement, ended up uh, doing cargo planes for Ethiopian Air. True story. Anyway, um, where are you here? You are on a, on a five-year graph. This thing obviously is at 50. This is called reversion to the mean and through the mean. So basically, this thing's pointing straight down, and it's getting oversold here, but it doesn't look good because everything's pointing down. Um, and so we go to the one year. Is there anything positive to say here? No. Again, it's another one of those. The only thing I can say positive is that it's a candidate for reversion to the mean. A candidate without any voters. Um, you got 20 there, you got 30, and then you can see if you get 20 and then 30, you get a pop. But if it's a downtrend, not a big pop. Now you got uh, 28 and now you're down here at 26. Nothing good to say about it. And they say, if you don't have anything good to say about it, don't say anything. So uh, yeah, it, uh, it doesn't look very good. Uh, if you go to the one month graph, where's the first sunlight? First sunlight is if you can start getting above what? That red line, which is at 33.65, and maybe it'll go fill the gap at 34.50 before it runs into three more storm clouds. Uh, you got any divergence here, 31 and there? No. So nothing good to say about Delta. Keep an eye on her. And when it actually has something good to say, then call me back. QQQ. Now, I heard a guy on CNBC who I thought was a sharp guy say that after the end of October, he was bullish on NASDAQ. Well, apparently... He'll get a good price by the end of October, the way things are going, right? So anyway, the, um, there was an analyst who thought it might go up. So I might keep it on my radar to see if I find a turn, because maybe November will be a different month than October. And, uh, you know, I saw that money supply going up. So maybe the Fed starts printing money and, uh, and do, do things to stimulate things to go back up. I don't know how they would do that and hope that inflation goes down. But uh, again, uh, we've got uh, QQQ. Let's go to the 20-year graph. Oh, it's been around yet. There you go. So again, uh, similar to the S&P, you know, you can't get above 60 very far here. Get a little bit through it. And now you've got your RSI uh, under 60. So, you know, there's a reason why I thought uh, the high on the 4,600 was going to be it and a reversion to the mean. This one hasn't really reverted to the mean. Next week is obviously uh, crunch day because all the big guys are going to be announcing. And they don't have robust earnings like Netflix. And let's see if Netflix held its water. They came out with all that wonderful... We're hiking rates and we got subscribers and we're up a tremendous amount. So it was up good. Yeah, and it held. It held. Still got some resistance over here. 
and that thing's still pointing down. So I don't know if I trust it. And after you go up 55 bucks, you should be up more than 21 cents in the aftermarket, wouldn't you think? Anyway, uh, let's go back to what we were talking about, which is QQ. And again, the semis have been having some trouble because I guess, uh, you know, the government doesn't want uh, NVIDIA selling certain type of chips over there, modified chips. So you're, there's that going on. Anyway, um, looking at the Qs, it could pull back uh, to the, um, to the uh, support there. That's around 330. And then basically under there, it's the abyss, just like under 41.75 on S&P would be the abyss. But the lines are pointing up, and that means it's still a bull situation. So I don't get bearish when the things are pointing up. Okay, but I don't get bullish of a 380 either. Okay, turn to the five-year. What do you got? What do you got is the thing's rolling over, not good. And uh, if this thing starts trading underneath 365, which it is, that's not a good sign. It's going to be setting up the potential. And if it breaks the 360 area, which it is, um, you could go down and go to a 340 and change, or you could go a full deal and come down to 320. On the one year, what do you got? You got um, under the blue, and now it's under the red. And if uh, where's the RSI? 43. So I'll give you a combination sandwich here. You know, peanut butter and jelly. If the peanut butter, which is the price, goes underneath the purple line, which comes in at 356, and the jelly would be the RSI going from 43 into the 30s, you have a good shot of accelerating to the downside. That's it. And then, of course, if you start getting back above the red lines and all this stuff in the month of November, maybe the guy from Citigroup, who I thought was pretty smart, who thinks it's going up in November, he might be right. Right now, he's not very right. And he's going against the flow of traffic. Okay. So on the one month, when would it start looking better? See, as you can see, uh, it gave up here because we had 69 and then we had 56. And if you have 69 and 56, it's going down. And once the red turns down, it's going down. Okay, now it's getting a little extended though. So we'll have to see. It's in crunch area, like I showed you. 360 neighborhood, very important. Gives up that 360 neighborhood. You got a 340 neighborhood possibility, right? Okay, um, so that's the story there. Let's turn to LNH. L-N-T-H. Not one that comes to my mind. I always love new things. So let's talk about Lentheus Holdings. And let's see how long they've been around. If I put a five-year graph up, yeah, that's about it. Have they been around 20 years? Not really, but uh, they've been around more than five. So here you got 73, and there you got 70. That's a divergence. Bam, down. Now you got the red line turning down, but it's holding green. A little too early to get, uh, you know, it's had a reversion to the mean. That's all it's done. Okay, so it's not like it's over. Okay. Red line is telling you it might be over. Okay. So again, the longer it stays underneath 73 is not good for you. So you want it to get back above 73 sooner rather than later. So if it gets above 73, that would be a good night's sleep for you. If it breaks under 65 and the red starts really pointing down, then of course it'll open up the door for 50. Okay. So that's the story there. Right now, you could make a case for holding it as long as it stays above green, which is at 65. And I wouldn't put another dime into it until it could show me you can get back above 73 and stay there for a while. Because the only reason you want to be in it is you think it might go up towards 100, right? You're not in it for a penny or two, are you? You're day trading it, then we have to go to a different chart. Five-year graph, again, it held the purple. That's good. That's where you do your business. You want to buy something? Buy it at 60. Then when it jumps up to the blue, sell it at 75. Nice trade. Red line's pointing straight down. That's not good. And if it gets under 69.45, which it's doing right now, that's not good. And if it busts under 60, it could be sayonara. RSI right now, 44. What did I say? Breaks under 40, you could accelerate to the downside. Okay, that's the story on LNTH. Historically, might back bounce back up. Anything else? I'd love to show you what's so normal. The stock by side, the stock might back up. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say that at all. I'm in total disagreement with this statement. So normally when the stock mark, when the stock bottom down to the 20 RSI, the stock might bounce back up. Now, Again, I'm sharing my opinion tonight, and you know there's more than one out there. So my feeling is that doesn't mean anything to me. I have a way that I look at RSI, and I'm going to be inviting you guys to contact me, and we can have our nice conversation. And basically, um, you'll find out that I've got one of the great deals of all time that I'll talk about at the end of the broadcast as well. But no, I have my own philosophy on RSI, and the fact that it hits 20 is not that important to me. There's another relationship that's much more important, but it takes time to explain. Um, what else do we have? The LNTH, TSM. Okay. Yeah, this uh, Bapa who's ans answering, asking the question, I, uh, he's been trying to contact me, uh, Bapa, 
So uh, you can email me at uh, optionprofessor at gmail.com, your contact information, and I can give you more complete information. I know you've been trying to contact me, but for whatever reason, uh, I'm having a hard time getting through to you. Okay, so do that after the broadcast. TSM, let's see. Now that was a semiconductor that was announcing all these lovely things going on, right? So that actually did pretty good. Uh, and again, you know, China uh, and them, uh, you know, uh, maybe there's uh, something that uh, they'll spare the child here and uh, let them make money. Uh, let's talk about how long it's been around. A long time? Yeah, really long. Okay, so on a long-term chart, what do I like about it? Red line's pointing up. What do I want it staying above? $90.55. And then the green line's uh, there. I'd like to see it pointing up. That's going to take time. And that would be above $92.91. So that's where it is right now. So it could stop right here because that green line's pointing down and $92.91 is where we are. So I'd watch this thing like a hawk. Let's see if there's any reason why they could stop here by looking quickly over to the monthly. Okay, you got a gap here. It could be filled. Uh, you had an RSI up here of 67, and you got one up here at 61. I'd, I'd say it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a possibility that we stop at 93 here, and we go down and fill that gap. I'd watch that very closely. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to the long-term side of it. Uh, again, you, you know, you, you get a uh, buy against purple. That's a smart time to buy. Buy when it goes up at 80. That's a smart time to buy. Again, uh, the, the blue is rising. So this thing will really fly if you can get above 100, because then that thing will take it up, and this red will go, go up much more nice. You know, and the green might turn around. So closes above 100. If you plan on getting any wealth on this thing, you know, you need to see that. And then the bottom line, be careful here because this 93 uh, neighborhood, if it gives it up, there's a gap underneath. And then again, 90 is not that far. 90.55, not that far. So if you hold 93, break down under 90.55, again, uh, you could you could see some more correction. So this is a very important neighborhood right around here. And then, of course, the next neighborhood is 100. Let's see what the five-year looks like. Yeah, again, it's above purple, which is nice. What number is that at? Uh, 91. So we say you want it above 90.55. You want it above 91. You know, and then, of course, the green line here comes in at 95, which was what? The high today, right? Or the high Monday? Uh, or the high for the week, I guess? 90.76, 94.76, right? Not coincidental. 95 is a resistance point. It's backed off from there. Now it popped up today. Uh, there you got the 36 at 92.89, right around the area we are now. So, you know, the way I'm reading it, this 93 neighborhood's important. If it breaks, you can go at 100 or better. If it doesn't and it goes down, you go down and fill that gap. And you get underneath 92.89, and then you get underneath 90, 90, 50, 91 and change and 90.50, then that will probably confirm that there's a correction coming. And again, if the longer it stays under the, like right now, who's controlling the market? It's been under the red, uh, under the purple line. Well, first of all, what's above the purple, the bulls are controlling it. Underneath it, the bears are controlling it. It's been choppy now. It's starting to get kind of right around purple. So it's going to make a decision here. It's going to make a big decision, right? And the decision's either going to be, it can't get into the uh, into the promised land up here. And it, if it starts giving up, that red line's pointing straight down. And so if you take this thing out, obviously there's a lot of real estate down here that it could come down to. Okay, um, SLB, yeah, that's one that I've been around for a long time. After the crash in 2020, this is being given away like candy. Look at that, $15 a share for a company that does all the drill bits. What are we not going to use oil? That's just a, a green story. You notice they're closing plants that they were planning on opening on EVs. I mean, you know, the EV thing, you know, you got to figure out how you're going to do the battery thing, you know, before you get everybody thinking they're going to go uh, electric. And uh, I went to the gas station one time and a guy had an electric Jaguar and I go, how long does it take to fill that up? And the guy said, I just got back from lunch. I mean, you go to lunch to fill up your car. How many people are going to do that? So I haven't been a big uh, green man like that, but you know, I'm also wasn't a Bitcoin guy. So I guess I miss all the popular stuff. I'm not uh, thinking that AI is going to happen tomorrow either. So call me a, uh, a rainmaker. Anyway, uh, Slumberger, let's go to the 20 year graph. Got a high point here. Boom, 66. High point here, 64. Not good, uh, but definitely an uptrend. And, you know, again, I liked it down here because that's when you're supposed to be buying, when it starts turning up and add against the line. Pulls the uh, uh, reversion to the mean, take your shot. Goes up, reversion to the mean, take your shot. Red line still pointing up, keep taking your shot. Red line starts pointing down, get the heck out. Uh, again, you're a little bit above purple and a little bit above purple. But again, if this thing starts getting under 50 again, 
you know, that wouldn't be good for uh, Slumber Shake. And like I say, it does have a lot of real estate up here. It can go. And the search for energy is probably going to be picking up because the uh, reports on inventories on energy is very low. So there's no question there's a tightness out there. There's no question China's demand is huge. Why do you think he's meeting with Putin? Because he likes Russian? He likes vodka? He wants to have some borscht? No. He needs energy. He needs oil. The uh, Chinese refineries are going at record pace. So they're using, uh, they're using energy. And you can forget about them in the green probably too. But the bottom line is, is uh, you know, there's a lot of demand for energy and the supplies are tight. And now we got Iran and we got this and that going on. So, you know, uh, people that can help you look for it, like uh, Halliburton and Schlumberger and all those uh, servicers, you know, they could have a bright future. And if this thing starts breaking above uh, 60, 65, you could accelerate to the upside. Remember what I told you, as it gets through 60, it can start accelerating to the upside. So if this thing starts getting above 65 and that RSI kicks in, it'll accelerate to the upside. Other than that, this could be a high point. So that's why it's very, this is a very critical area after a very good run. And of course, uh, oil's up there in the 90s again. So uh, yeah, I mean, what does it look like? Let's go uh, into shorter stuff, okay? Uh, this thing here is at 64, this thing's at 60, this thing's at 59. See, it's running out of steam a little bit. Uh, we start breaking under the red line here. I would keep this on a leash, right? How about 58.72 for a leash? Not a bad leash, okay? And then um, uh, basically, again, if you start clearing this double high and you get these RSI screaming into the seven and towards 70, you know, this is going to have an acceleration to the upside. Sometimes a strangle is not the worst thing to do. Out of money call, out of money put, sit there and watch Rome burn or watch Rome celebrate. All right, let's talk about a one year. Again, uh, you know, this thing did break down up at 61. And um, again, you know, you had uh, right now you got this RSI has been slipping, you know, still having a hard time getting above 60. So again, uh, you start breaking under what? Yeah, this is another short leash, right? What did I say? High 58s, high 58s. I, I, you know, we got another spot here at uh, 59.47. So like I say, I see it as uh, having a little bit of the engines running out of steam. But if we break through higher numbers, don't fight that tape. Because once that uh, RSI starts breaking into the 60s and then goes into the 70s, you could have a big acceleration phase. Right now, I'm a little suspicious. Red line is underneath all these other lines. So it's, you know, it could be a got ahead of itself, come back, hold the 58, 59 area where we know there's support there, or uh, give it up. And here's where you're supposed to take your shot. Yeah, that's where you're supposed to take your shot. If you bought it at 55, we wouldn't be having that conversation now. You'd just be worried about, am I going to keep making money or not? Uh, one month? Yep. Let's see. Is it running out of steam? Uh, a little bit. A little bit running out of steam. Not a lot. A little bit. It's in the 50s now. Again, the red line ain't pointing down. So the red line ain't pointing down. And you're not going to hear me talk bearish. So um, I'm suspicious of it, but I'm not bearish on it. And would it shock me if it blew out 62 and went to 72? No, it's set up for doing one or the other right now. Um, let's take a look at, um, EURCHF. That's an awful lot of symbols. Does it actually come up to anything? EURCHF. Oh, the cross trade. Let's see if that tells me. I guess this is long Euro short Swiss, which has not been the place to be. Uh, Switzerland obviously, uh, you know, has their stuff together a lot better than the European Union. Um, in fact, I just was in Italy, France, uh, Corsica and Sardinia. So I got up close and personal how things go. A lot of welfare over there, a lot of inflation over there, a lot of cranky people over there because of the cost of living is getting out of hand. And um, their interest rates are way below ours. And so, uh, you know, they're having a hard time getting that uh, genie back in the bottle. Okay, let's take a look here, though. What's it telling me? We're running out of steam. 13, 27, 25, oh, 36, no, 25. It could be running out of steam. Again, this is another one where the best thing you can say about it is it is a reversion to the mean candidate. That's not the one that makes me run to the bank book and get the money out. You know what I mean? I like the ones where, you know, they've had a big run up. They're turning over. I've got red under blue. I got blue under green. I got everything under purple. I got the RSI breaking under 40. You know, that's when I run to get the checkbook. This stuff here is called uh, you need to get a new hobby. Um, let's see here. AVG. Uh, what is my given name? I was given the name James. And I, and I took it. It was, it was a gift, right? Um, okay. A-V-G-O. A-V-G-O. Now, this guy, I met a guy in the airport uh, as I was traveling, and he worked for, uh, uh, I mean, he worked for Broadcom. And so um, I was wondering, I asked him, are you going to have the problems like uh, other guys, like um, 
Qualcomm have? And he says, no, I mean, thing, he thought things were looking pretty good. But of course, that was in uh, this month, so I should have just listened to him because it's gone from 8.30 up to 9.20. I don't know how he feels about it now. But again, uh, the way I feel about it now, let's go back to the 20-year. And it, they don't go back that far. Let's go five-year. Okay, this reminds me of Exxon, where it's at an all-time high, and it just keeps going up there and testing it. So here's the problem. Here's why I'd be nervous. Uh, this is 81. And we go over here, it's at 71. Then we go over here, and it's at 63. Now we're over here, and it's at 60. This is like Exxon in that it is running out of... And the red line comes in right there at 8.52. So if it got under 8.50, I guess what, 8.52, I would be uh, thinking that it could have trouble. So 8.52 and the green line has been holding pretty good at 8.35. So maybe it could pull back just to those numbers if it's so strong, right? And then hold that area. Otherwise, it could open up the door for further reversion to the mean. Now, I'm going to show you a little story about reversion. Well, let's finish this. Uh, the one-year graph is telling you that uh, the RSI is in the 60s. Now they're in the 50s, and now they're in the low 50s. So it's, just, it's like I told you, it's a, it's a thing that's running out of steam a bit. But there's no red line pointing down, so I'm not interested in being negative on it. You know, where would I like to buy it? Against the purple and not have this problem about trying to figure it out right here, hoping against hope this is just a pullback. There's a reason to stop there. What's the reason? The reason is 867, because that's the, the, the SMA there. So it, this is a neighborhood where it could hold, 850 to 867. <clears throat> but I don't like the fact that it's run out of steam. Okay, uh, I'm going to show you a reversion to the mean that you probably will be shocked at. NVIDIA. All right, I'm going to go to the 20-year graph. This is why I was bearish at 500, okay? First of all, I always talk about reversion to the mean. When you're at 350, and every moving average is down here, and if I told you at 350 that it's going to go down and test 100 or 150, you're going to tell me I'm nuts, right? And at that point, I was nuts. I didn't have any evidence. <laughs> but now you can see. Now, this high point on RSI is 87, and this high point is 77. That is a divergence. That means this thing is up on lighter, lighter strength. And I don't like lighter strength when you're 150 bucks higher than the last high. I don't care. We're going to use it in everything, chat GPT. To be honest with you, uh, this technology stuff is more annoying to me than anything else. Every time I click on a button, I, I'm interested in a ham sandwich. They send me 50,000 uh, articles on pigs. You know, uh, if I say I might want to buy a shirt, you know, I got 17,000 uh, shirts, socks, uh, ads coming at me. Uh, you call up somebody like uh, Home Depot or, you know, some company <laughs> and you're dealing with a, you know, a chat GBT kind of thing. You know, sometimes you can't get stuff done. So anyway, that's I'm just trying to show you. Things can happen. Things can happen. So when things get way out of line, you know, be careful. You want to buy this stuff? You buy it down here at 200. It goes up here, you missed it. And if anything, you're starting to look for, is there a place to, to sell it? There was a place to sell it right up here at uh, 480. And now there could be another place to sell it at 455. And if you break under 400 and look at your RSI right now, right at 39. So you want to hear a scary story right before you go to bed. This thing starts breaking under 400 and that RSI goes into the 30s. This thing could go and fill this gap at 320. How do you like that? That would surprise some people, right? So again, you know, I don't make up the numbers. Uh, I just follow them. And I'm not prejudiced. If they turn the other way, I change my tune. But I'm not going to sing a tune. I'm not going to sing a country music at a rap concert. I'm going to try to play the music that is appropriate from what I'm saying. Um, and again, uh, you know, uh, some guy says uh, if uh, uh, NVD is overcrowded, I think that's uh, obvious statement since everybody I hear on TV, uh, NVIDIA is just something you have to own. You just have to own it. You just have to own it. When I hear that after 30, 40 years, believe me, that's a red flag. At any rate, uh, and they could be correct, but it's not going to be my cup of tea at 500 bucks uh, with a uh, weakening RSI. Um, and uh, would it cause a market crash? Well, if that breaks and Microsoft breaks and Apple breaks because they can't sell these uh, uh, I-15s and uh, the PE ratio is up at 25 and doesn't deserve to be, you know, then it'll be, I'm sure NVIDIA will be part of the party that all goes down to, uh, you know, go, goes down the river. If that happens, if, 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 there's not evidence of that happening just yet. All right. Do you recommend instead of, first of all, I don't recommend anything to people I've never met, so I'm not recommending anything. Uh, do you recommend instead trading a vertical spread with the SP within a 10-day out? You see, I don't lock myself into these, like, fixed things to do. You know, I'm looking at the numbers. It's kind of like I'm looking at a patient. You know, I'm not fixing that, you know, 
I, I'm not going to pre-diagnose uh, a patient and I'm not going to pre-announce what, uh, you know, what, uh, what, what I'm going to do with them. I got to look at, I got to look at the numbers. Uh, would there be a, a circumstances where I could consider that? Sure. Now, again, uh, vertical spreads on the SPX, uh, are you doing credit or, or debits? And then, uh, okay, this is uh, zero days to expiration. Now, you know, like I say, uh, I, I like the buy side. You know, I, I tell you, I, I got a lot of T-bills. You know, I, I've been telling people, buy those T-bills, stay in those T-bills. You know, uh, again, what's the theme of me? My theme is high interest rates is gravity to asset prices. So what do I want to do? Have millions of dollars in there and then have the darn thing go in the toilet? I'm not old enough to make the money back. So anyway, uh, but I, but with 5.5% interest, you get a lot of money to, that you can play and do some you know trading with. So I'd rather buy limited risk options that don't cost much at a turning point and try to make a little bit of a home run. And if you do five of them and three work out, you know, you probably do okay mathematically. Uh, these credit spreads, I'm sure they're lovely. I've done a million of them, not a million of them, but I've done thousands of them before. And yes, they have a high probability of winning. Yes, uh, they, uh, you know, uh, have a lot of things working for them, you know, time's working for them. Uh, if they're out of the money, price is working for them. And again, uh, you know, time decay, obviously in zero days to expiration. Uh, but when you get whacked on them, you're going to get whacked pretty hard in the back of the head sometimes. And so at this point in my life, I'm not interested in a peanut and then losing a cashew. What I'm interested in is betting a peanut and getting a cashew. So the bottom line is, is I look and seek out uh, short-term options that uh, are at turning points. Uh, I'll give you a for instance, one of for instance, here's the first. Now they all don't work out this way. Past performance is not indicative of future results and all those other disclosures that mean that this is just an example and is not something that happens every single time we try. Okay, so anyway, here's uh, what I like. Uh, ExxonMobil was at a 20 year um, thing. Remember I showed you that other graph where it's banging against the highs, but the RSI can't get through 60, right? Here we went up to uh, uh, right there at 71. And then we're at 66, and then we're at 69, and then we're at 61, and then we're at 61. And so I got the feeling this thing was running out of steam. So then I flip over to the one month graph. Okay. And then I see uh, the, uh, the R size up here, and then it's losing steam, and then it's losing steam. And then we get underneath the line here. And then basically I start looking at the short-term puts, maybe for this Friday or the following Friday at the most. And I start looking at just a little bit under the money. So now rather it's at, uh, at this point, it was at 117. So you're looking at 116, 114s, right? Now, when you get down here, you see the red line really pointing down. And then we were at 44. And once we broke purple, can you see you're in the 30s? And there's the acceleration to the downside. And that is the anatomy of a great trade where you put up a little and you take out a lot. Doesn't always work that way because you don't always don't get the volatility and the market is not always trending. But when it does happen, you can get paid. And that's my idea of a good time. Um, let's see, anything else going on in the world up there? I don't, so we got uh, SLB. Oh, it looks like we got pretty much everything covered. And it's getting to the top of the hour. So why don't I tell you guys how you could get a hold of me and we could have a much more lengthy conversation. Okay, uh, I'm Jim, the option professor. You, all, you guys wanted to know my, you know, I'm, I'm not like uh, the artist formerly known as Prince, right? No, um, the option professor uh, is what I've been doing, uh, educating people for many, many, many years. Uh, I've done I've done hundreds of seminars for thousands of people on the uses and risks of options and other investments as well. Since I've been in the game a long time, I know how bonds work. I know how uh, currencies work. I know how the metals work. Yeah, I know how they all work. And so I'm a fairly knowledgeable person in my opinion. So what are, uh, a lot of people out there, you have to pay a lot of money nowadays, right? For everything, including financial information. And uh, sometimes uh, you pay a lot of money and then you don't get anything out of it or it becomes actually you lose your money and you lost the education. So that's very bad. And I don't like to argue with people. So I set up something that is uh, a pretty much uh, of a no brainer. Uh, I have a link to my indicators and I, at my own discretion, after I speak to somebody and make a judgment call, I will send you my link and spend an hour with you on the computer where we go over my interpretation of the things we're looking at today. And we will go over uh, markets you trade and find out how this may have made a difference in the results in your trading. And obviously, if it is enhancing your result, and if in fact you think it has good value, at that point, we do ask that you pay a one-time only fee of 199 bucks, which is peanut. Because again, 
You're going to be able to ask all your questions about options. You're going to be able to ask, you'll be able to understand how we figure market direction. You're going to be able to look at your stuff and see how you could do things differently. You look at your current stuff and see realistically, what are you holding? And then you have another way of verifying information rather than just running to the, uh, uh, to the brokerage firm. When you hear a news on somebody recommending something, you have a way of vetting whether that idea has already happened, uh, isn't a trend that looks like it will happen, or it looks like a crazy idea. And so this included into the other stuff you're doing should have value. And since I know there's value here, that's why I'm confident to give you the stuff up front and let you pay after the fact. And knowing that everyone's goosing everybody for thousands of dollars, I thought 199 was a very fair amount of money. Since I also go out to dinner and it seems like 199 is about uh, one dinner out. So one good dinner out with, a, with a, somebody who wants to have uh, a high quality Cabernet Sauvignon, that's what it comes to. So 199 is a joke. The information I can provide, I think, is very valuable. And then, of course, you'll be the final arbiter of that. And I'll have a conversation with you where I can determine, again, that you're the kind of person that after I spent the time, gave you all the information. Again, if it means nothing to you, then obviously, you know, we wouldn't have to spend an hour on the phone for you to figure that out. But I know that this stuff helps most people. And that's why I'm trying to present it to you in a way where, you get the information, we have a conversation, we all take a deep breath. It's not about trying to grab your checkbook or your credit card and bill you every month. It's not, that's not the game, okay? So it's different, right? It's weird, right? Weird, somebody actually doing something for you and then asking for money if you're happy, very weird. But I'm not, you know, I'm not at a point where I wanna go debating people over money. So 199 was my number. I don't wanna debate people that they have to put the money up front and then find out if it's valuable to them. And I, again, I know that it's valuable. If it's not to you, that'll be the oddity. So again, that's how you do it. Now, how do you get a hold of me? Real simple. You can put your information uh, in optionprofessor at gmail.com. O-P-T-I-O-N-P-R-O-F-E-S-S-O-R.com. Put your information in there. I'll call you back. We'll have a conversation. We'll proceed. Want to go to optionprofessor.com? You can do the same thing. You want to ring me up? Call, ring me up at 702. 873-8038. Again, 702-873-8038. Again, I'm Jim, the option professor. I'm, I'm trying to help people. And again, uh, you get the stuff up front and then you decide uh, if you thought there was fair value. Again, I obviously am confident you'll find that, but if for whatever reason you don't, you know, we can part ways. Okay. Obviously I wouldn't keep doing this if most people were not doing it. Right. So uh, it's a good deal for everybody. Yeah. And uh, that's nice. That's a nice feeling. So have a good day. Uh, it's Thursday. Have a good weekend. I hope your college teams win. More importantly, I hope my college teams win. And <laughs> you guys have a great day. It's been good talking to you. You've had a long day. Go out and uh, enjoy something. All right. See you then. This is Jim Option Professor signing off. Have a great day.